Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. Well, there is Thanksgiving, the day, the holiday, the time of family gatherings, feasting on turkey, and giving thanks around the table for our many blessings. And then there's true Thanksgiving, a way of life that is a response to the presence, power, and the great providence of our Lord. And when those two thanksgivings combine as one, we are never the same. Well, our message today is all about true thanksgiving. It's entitled, And Forget Not. And it's based on Psalm 103 and Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 7 through 18. Quote, We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand that has preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace too proud to pray to the God that made us. Unquote. Now, <laughs> if there's ever been a more powerful and relevant, if unsettling, word for us to ponder this morning, I would love to hear it. And what's particularly interesting about it is it's not the editorializing of some media pundit nor is, is it even a sermon quote emanating from a theologian or a random fire and brimstone preacher. In fact, the words I just shared with you are drawn from a presidential proclamation issued in April 1863 by then President Abraham Lincoln for the purpose, interestingly enough, of establishing a national day, or day of prayer and fasting, a moment expressed 158 years ago to a nation that was deeply embroiled in civil war. And yet, I think you'll agree, are words that could well have been written for and about us today. And while it's certainly true that with the approach of Thanksgiving Day this week, the idea of fasting has long since been overtaken with the idea of feasting, nonetheless, I have to say that Lincoln's words ring true. Indeed, what lies at the heart of what we are celebrating this week is the truth that even now, in these most uncertain and challenging of times, it can be stated unequivocally that we are the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. 
Now, I know, folks, it's all too easy these days to spend our time lamenting, lamenting the problems of the world, lamenting the struggles of our lives. And make no mistake, friends, I'm not blowing that off. There's validity to such lamentation. There's no denying that there are challenging times in which we live, and these are it. And it's clear that there are deep needs, there are inequities that exist all around us. But just as Lincoln was able to lift up the blessings of life, even in those darkest days of the Civil War, I dare say that in these days, we can do the same. For instance, I've just said all that, let me unpack it a bit for you. For instance, we have our families, don't we? Families of every size, every shape, every variety. Families who love us, who support us, and occasionally even chide us at times to be the best persons we can be. We have homes that are warm and dry and secure within. And on our table, there is food in abundance. Come Thursday, we'll feast on roast turkey. Yes. And we will eat homemade pie. We'll be well fed. Indeed, for most of us, I know not all of us, but for most of us, sustenance will not be an issue this week, but rather overindulgence. Moreover, friends, we have each other. Sharing in all the myriad joys and struggles of life. Embracing as one its laughter and its tears. And we have the blessing of the church of Jesus Christ. This family of God in which we are welcomed. This caring community that has been redeemed and preserved by the hand of God. And which is even now being led forth in the ways of love and peace. And lest we forget, friends, we also live in a nation where, despite all manner of struggle and challenge and seemingly endless partisan bickering, we can nonetheless rejoice here today in the manifold blessings of liberty and freedom. Truly, and in so many ways, ways that are personal and, and national and spiritual, we do have, as Lincoln said it back then, we have grown in numbers, wealth, and power. We are blessed. And we need to embrace that today. We need to hold on to that. We need to meditate upon it over the next several days as we celebrate together. And yet, even as we do, we also need to consider Lincoln's words. Because they cannot help but echo back to us in other ways as well. For somewhere in the midst of all the rituals of uh, feasting and family and football that are about to unfold, not to mention all the black 
Friday mania that's just begun to ensue. In all of that, it is also true that we have run the risk of forgetting God. It is one thing, after all, to count our blessings. Quite another to acknowledge the true source of their blessings. It was the 20th century Jewish rabbi and theologian, whose name was Abraham Joshua Heschel, who said in writing about the great importance of the Sabbath in our lives, wrote that six days a week we work to overcome the world, while on the seventh day we rest so that we can overcome ourselves. I love that. It seems to me, friends, that that at the very least, Thanksgiving Day ought to provide us with just such a Sabbath moment, a time for us to draw back from the temptation of allowing ourselves to feel privileged and entitled and see our lives and living from the proper perspective, that of persons and a people summarily blessed by the God who is the source and end of all we have, all that we are, and all that we can ever hope to do or be. I think that's what I love about this morning's text from Deuteronomy, the one that Cindy just read to us, in which Moses, having just eloquently described to the people of Israel just how wonderful things are going to be for them in the promised land, that after all their years of wandering, they'll finally lack for nothing, that they'll eat bread without scarcity, that they'll have fine houses and large herds, and even their silver and gold will be multiplied. He says all of this, and then, with I, I, I'm going to imagine a bit of a pregnant pause, then hastens to add, do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. Or, if you'd like to hear the message translation of this, if you start thinking to yourselves, I did all this, and all by myself, I'm rich, it's all mine, Think again. The passage you see from Deuteronomy is a beautiful reminder of something that I do think most of us know in the depths of our hearts and yet rarely acknowledge in this age of celebrated self-reliance. The fact, the truth, that everything Everything is a gift from God and that we dare not succumb to the arrogance of claiming our own power and strength as the source of our blessing. Ultimately, it is always God's great providence and generosity that provides for our need. That our lives be filled with light and hope, tenderness and love, peace and prosperity. All of this comes because God has blessed us. And when we start looking at life from that perspective, then thanksgiving can no longer be reduced to a hastily worded grace spoken before the food gets cold. It can no longer be a mere verbal receipt for divine services rendered. No, it becomes 
you see, our soulful confession that we walk, live, and love in partnership with the divine. What I'm saying, friends, is this is a matter of faith. It is a choice we make to pay attention to God's presence and power in and through every facet of our lives. As the psalmist has sung, and as we shared in our litany this morning, we are to bless his holy name. With all that is within us, we are to not forget all of his benefits. That's important. Because it's there where not only does true thanksgiving start, it's where our blessings really begin. Of course, the question is how we make that transition, you know, from what we might call an environment of entitlement to an attitude of gratitude. Because that's never been an easy thing especially in this culture of competitive consumerism in which we live. Indeed, as the late, great Henry Nouwen wrote in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, the choice for gratitude rarely comes without some real effort. But he goes on to say, and he's speaking to, of himself in this regard, but also, I think we can all embrace it as well, He says, each time I make that choice, the next choice is a little easier, a little freer, a little less self-conscious, because every gift I acknowledge reveals another and another until finally even the most normal, obvious, and seemingly mundane event or encounter proves to be filled with the grace of God. What all this means, friends, is that true thanksgiving is built on awareness. An awareness of God's grace unfolding in all things of our lives. And the more that we are aware, you and me, the more we are thankful, the more thankful we become. The more we become aware of God and just how vast are God's blessings upon us. It becomes a cycle of sincere gratitude that builds a life of thanksgiving in which, to use more words of the psalmist, serve to praise you, O Lord, you who are the giver of all things, to thank you for your boundless mercy, that mercy that renews us, that mercy that makes us whole. There's a book entitled Number Our Days. It was written by the late Barbara Meyroff, who was a uh, quite renowned Jewish author and anthropologist. I seem to be rooted in a lot of Old Testament thought today, but it it, it really is appropriate here. And in in this book, Number Our Days, she tells the wonderful story of an elderly lady of the Jewish faith whose name was Basha. And Basha lived in one of the poorer neighbors, uh, neighborhoods of New York City. Now, because of her age, because of her poverty, she could not have possibly afforded the feasts that were so much a part of the observance of holy days in that Jewish neighborhood and in the Jewish faith, indeed. And yet, 
when the day of feasting came, Basha improvised and celebrated nonetheless. She ate alone in her tiny room, Meyerhoff wrote. Over an electric hot plate, she cooked her chicken foot stew. See, chicken feet were free at the supermarket. And before she ate, she spread a white linen handkerchief over the oilcloth covering of her table. And she said this as she did so. She said, this my mother taught me to do. No matter how poor, we would eat off clean white linen and say the prayers before touching anything to the mouth. And so I do it still. Whenever I sit down, Basha said, I eat with God. My mother and all the Jews who are doing these same things, even if I cannot see them. Such a meal was a feast, Meyerhoff concluded, superior to all the fine fare that was hastily eaten without ceremony, without attention, or without significance. Though I am not sure how I'd feel about chicken foot stew on the menu, I have to say we would do well to take our holiday and holy day cues from Basha. Because that's true Thanksgiving, beloved. It's more than the turkey, yes, it's more than that. It is more than the stuffing and all the rest of it. It is more than the family gatherings. It's more than seasonal sentiment. It's what happens in an exquisite moment of grateful fellowship between the Almighty and his people. It's our word unto the Lord. It is our joyful remembrance of this one who forgives all our sins, who heals all of our diseases, and who crowns us with steadfast love and mercy, who wraps us up in goodness, in beauty eternal. I can only hope and pray this morning that wherever our holy feasting finds each one of us this coming week, whatever table is ours on this Thursday ahead, each one of us will dine as splendidly as did Basha. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Happy Thanksgiving, my dear, dear friends, and thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, And Forget Not. It was recorded during our November the 21st Thanksgiving Sunday service of worship at East Congregational Church in Concord, New Hampshire. By the way, if you'd like to be a part of one of our services live and in person, they happen every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road in Concord. Or else you can join us live online via Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page. However it happens for you, we would love to have you be with us. And with that, we come to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. 
I'm Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, happy Thanksgiving, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.